0: Hello, listeners, really important announcement that the two fit crazies and a microphone podcast are about to make. We are on board with a beautiful, beautiful GoFundMe page. And what we're doing is raising awareness for this beautiful little girl named Kirsten who's four and a half and is suffering from SMA, which is spinal muscular atrophy. We are going to help Kirsten race with her daddy. And in order to do that, we need to raise enough money to get a pushchair. So what we have done is we've set up a GoFundMe page, and it is Kirsten's Race, S M A push chair. Let's make this little girl's dreams come true. You can hear more about that uh, whole initiative on
1: episode forty-eight of our show. Uh, we have Kirsten's dad on, and uh, Wayne is a great guy. And uh, you know, we just uh, we just uh, you know really listen to what he has to say and. And, uh, you know, it really inspired us to do something good for them. And uh, we hope that you can come along and help us out with that as well. Uh, The show is also brought to you by High Five Health & Fitness. Uh, Create positive change in your life with online health coaching programs with High Five Health & Fitness. Have us out at your school to promote better health in children. Uh, High Five Health & Fitness is doing that all. Uh, You can find out more information at highfivehealthandfitness.com.
0: To Fit Crazies in a Microphone is also brought to you by Conti Fitness and Wellness, where you can find online and live workshops, personalized group training, health coaching, children's health and fitness, functional exercise for autoimmunes, arthritis, online yoga programs, facial exercise, rehabilitation, running, dancing, and more. Train with Christine at contifitness.net. In addition, you want to feel your best you want the best in neuroscience that's out there to reduce pain, increase mobility, and just all around feeling good, try out the latest from Vox Life. That's V-O-X-X Life.com backslash Christine Conti and get insoles, the best in socks, and you know what? You're going to feel your best. Please do us a favor and uh, subscribe
1: to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, you know, whether you're listening on your phone or, you know, going directly through iTunes, you know, if you just go to that our page and, and subscribe. If you're on an app, look us up, find it, subscribe. When a new show comes out, you'll get an update. And uh, you can listen to us online. It really goes a long way in helping us spread our message of health, life, and longevity. Uh, for all this information and more, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. Peace and love.
0: It's Christine Conti And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. <laughs> and the microphone. We are Where It's At. Brian just had a really dramatic <laughs> introduction. He was like pointing and pumping. And I'm almost a little nervous and taken back by it. Episode you're, 57. You're supposed to be the one that's calm. These two guys that we just had in here. These two guys. I'm ready to they were freaking
1: awesome Ready run through to, like, walls like Aid. Yeah. yeah like oh, the yeah. big kool-aid
0: guy <laughs> like i'm here and you're like ah! oh yeah for real all right well we um we had like a little over a week between our last episodes and it feels like whenever we don't podcast all the time it's almost like it's been forever mm-hmm. it's like a really long time even though it hasn't been but we had an awesome episode 56 with Tess and Tyler Mullen, who actually are the owners of Moonlight Acres. They are young, they are amazing, and they're organic farmers, like, quit their full time jobs and now have such a passion for, you know, really telling people about your food, where just it comes the, from, the and-
1: journey and the path and how it gets to your plate, and just like know it, you know, like it, we, we take such things for granted these days and uh you know love your organic farmer get to know your organic farmer it's just uh shop
0: local yeah. like uh, yeah they it was really cool to to just hear their story of like you know what we're passionate about this and we did it and again it's the typical like the entrepreneurs the you know we're we're starting we sh- we're so passionate and we don't know where this is going to take us but we know that we're following our heart and our shine and they're going to be awesome they're providing for you know they sell to restaurants in the area and they have farm stands and locals' farmers market. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. It, so, everyone get out there and make sure you listen to that and, and buy from your local farmers and eat organically as much as possible. Bam.
1: No farms, no food.
0: Yeah. So, today. We flipped the script a we bit. We did. We did because that's what it's about. Um, episode 57. We brought in, like, literally, what is it? Like, the original, like, the only original gym and it is called Pure Focus. It has been around for decades and it is actually located at the Jersey Shore. But we did not just talk about Pure Focus and you know this gym. It was about a lot more and owner Kent, Kent Beerly, Beer. uh-huh, and also Chris Marzarella. Marzarella. Amazing Irish fella. Came in today. And they came into the studio and really talked about what they do to provide an experience for their members. And with all of these boutique fitness, you know, places popping up, how they differentiate themselves from these box gyms and from franchises. And I think it's it's really important for everyone out there to to go to these places where they're, the owners have that passion. It's You'll a, feel it. It's
1: a one gym, you know, gym. It's yeah. They only have one location. Mm-hmm. And these guys are throwbacks. They're legit. I mean, it is. Legit. It is. They. They're. They're bodybuilders. Their. Their gym. You know, works with powerlifters. Um, they're. You know, like I said in the podcast, competitive powerlifters. This is well, like competitive they compete. competitive bodybuilder. These mm-hmm. are the dudes on stage that are that are. You know, they're they're. Competition is, uh, you know, is really geared towards getting big, then getting lean, uh, you know, and doing everything to, to, to get those muscles in stage ready shape. You know, from the oil to the tan to the uh, to the suits. And these guys, it was a hoot, man. We had such a good time. And with they've them.
0: competed for years and years, yeah. so this no, no, isn't like high
1: end, you know, bodybuilders that just happen to be located not too far from us, and we bring them into the studio.
0: And I got to throw it out there that Kent is not just, you know owner and then Chris is a part owner of Pure Focus. Ken is the owner of ANBF. That is a bodybuilding it, it's literally a bodybuilding show um that travels all over the country. He is the owner of that. I mean, he runs it, he brings in people of, you know, everyone every single category, scores them and it's AN all natural. Okay, so they drug test. I mean, this is, you know, he's legit, has been doing this for like 30-something years. Um, and it's a really cool story. So if you don't know about the, the bodybuilding culture or what it's like to perform, um, he's going to get into that a little bit today. And it's fascinating. It, I mean, people that, it really is. people that are looking for, I mean, Brian and I deal a lot with endurance athletes and functional fitness. And, you know, some people love yoga. Some people love swimming. This is another idea, another facet. You don't have to compete, but to go and to get into lifting, adding lifting a couple of days a week to your normal movement and aerobic conditioning is life changing for some people.
1: And, and just you know, for a couple of endurance, like you said, endurance athletes like us, you know, who just had organic farmers on in the mm-hmm. last episode, this is just you know a, a trip in the other direction to show the versatility of the two fit crazies, and and just you know, and, well and, and really just. Bring you all aspects of everything that's going on out there, uh, you know, to, to really just provide information and, and really good stories. Yeah, you know, I think that that's more than anything. Like we always said, it comes back back, back down to the story, and you get these two two big guys in here, and uh, you know, it was Brian awesome. and I were we we're such little people, <laughs> really. When you think about it, right? What? It's like,
0: you, oh, Brian blew away because oh. the wind just. What blew. did Chris
1: say? Six two two thirty. I mean, he's sitting right yeah. here. You guy's a monster.
0: Yeah, they're great. Beast. They're great. Speaking of, all right, so, all right, so maybe we're little Brian, but you know what? We had some big news happen this week that we didn't talk about yet, and um, any any information you got over emails this week that might be kind of exciting. You mean
1: that I, did I drop any dimes on uh, big name races this week? Yeah, anything happen? What's going on this week? The 2019 Boston Marathon. Christine Conti, are you in?
0: I am. How Brian? That? Are you in? Yeah. Oh. The band is getting back together in Boston, April 2019. Are you ready? Yeah.
1: I'm not ready yet, but I will be ready. Oh, we're going to be ready. Yeah. How's that for a resounding we're
0: gonna yes? Oh, it's going to be great. We got some races before then, but yeah, yeah. Um, just to uh, you know, make sure. I've, I've, I'm smelling another documentary coming on.
1: I think that, uh, yeah, we're, we're going uh, to – it's going to be fun because both of us are running the same race. It hasn't happened really since we've been doing this, right? You ran Chicago last year. I ran uh-huh. Philly. Then you ran Boston this year, and I skipped the the uh, spring I marathon. I attempted to. You run Boston.
0: Boston. <laughs> You ran you, Boston. You ran. I ran some you of it. You
1: ran that day. Yeah, a day. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, and I skipped the spring marathon. I, I ran, mm-hmm. ran a half, but now now I'm doing Philly, and you're doing we don't know. I think
0: I'm going to do AC. I may throw Philly. I don't know. We'll see. Let's see what come the, run Philly. We'll see what
1: It'll the be time. a primer for Bean Town. I'm definitely. I, I think I'm going to. I can't wait to go, 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 go back to Boston. I was in Boston a couple weeks ago. Uh, we oh went, it's on yeah, like no. Donkey Kong and I year. I was with my wife and like we we it's hard to not be no, like I, <gasps> I went down Boylston Street and I drove the car over the finish line that's always painted on the on the, the ground uh-huh. you could always see it and, uh, I, you know, goosebumps, chill. She's like, why are we going this way? <laughs> I was like, because there's a finish
0: line. we got to cross. Because <laughs> we're, we're in Boston. Like, this yeah, no, is
1: what you do. Yeah, no, she didn't really say that. But it was like, you know, it was just kind of like what we did. We actually parked in the Prudential Center and walked mm-hmm. to Fenway Park. We went and saw Pearl Jam at, the, at, at Fenway Park. It was amazing. And, uh, another story yeah <laughs> another story but we walked back I walked backwards from the finish line I made uh, you know the right on Hereford off of Commonwealth Ave mm-hmm. or, you know left on Boylston we did it backwards we went from uh, Boylston to Hereford and let you know I have told the stories this is where I felt like shit yeah. this is where I felt really good you know this is where you could see the finish line this is like this is so uh, hey our passions give us purpose love it whether it's marathon training or what these guys are doing with the, on stage with their um uh, you know, with their with their bodybuilding uh, competitions, events and, and stuff yeah, stuff like shows. that. It's just like this is the stuff that makes us tick. So it's good to hear it from all angles. And uh, I know I'm looking forward to doing our stuff, and these guys are, are doing the same. It's and awesome. Yeah,
0: I hope you guys enjoy this. We're bringing it to you again today. Um, Chris and Kent are just great, and uh, we'll post all their info. So hope you enjoy it.
1: Episode fifty-seven: Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast. Peace. Thank <music> you.
0: It is Christine Conte and I'm Brian Prendergast. We are two fit crazes and a microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, nice to see you today again. How are you? It's good. It's It's good. good. It's been it's been seven straight days,
1: less than twenty four hours.
0: I was going to say it's been seven days of like rain and and clouds, and I'm thinking about building the ark pretty soon. I don't think it's ever going to be sunny again. It's supposed to be sunny tomorrow. All right, (laughs) there goes my theory. Knock on wood. Um, with, with that said, all right, talk about sunny. We always have, it's eternal sunshine in our studio. There's a gigantic yellow wall that holds our poster. So if we want sun, we just turn around and it brightens our days. Correct.
1: You are my sunshine.
0: Exactly. As are you, Brian. And you know what? If one of us goes down. There's only one fit crazy, and we got to throw away all of our marketing material. So that's really where it's at. I think we got like a couple auditioners,
1: uh, people auditioning for uh, if if one of us would go down. Mm -hmm. I think you can fill in the spot pretty easily with what we got going on today. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. (laughs)
0: All right. So we are on to episode 57 today, and I'm super pumped because we have with us in studio guests again. I know, you know, we Skype a lot and, you know, around the. You know, around the nation, around the globe. But whenever you have in-studio guests, get that extra energy. You know, Brian and I always talk about we have to wear pants when we have guests, <laughs> you know. Oh. And yeah, the uh, last so interview, I Brian's like, you know, I think they'd be down. Meanwhile, he's talking to, like, brother and sister who own a farm. And that was awkward. But, um, but, yeah, we have a good time in here. So, needless to say, we're going on. So, we've got Kent Beerly. Am I saying that correctly, Kent? Perfect. I love it. And Chris
1: just say it, Chris. Marzarella. 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 I was waiting. I got it. I got it right. I got and it right.
0: And these two guys are pretty freaking awesome, and actually have been involved with Pure Focus. Is a would you say a gym, Kent?
2: I would say yeah. It's definitely a gym, but it's the only real gym around, so it's oh. a real gym.
0: Oh, Hashtag. did you hear that? Only with real metal, metal gym.
2: <laughs> the only. Real gym
3: around.
0: Okay. So this is kind of important because there's a lot of gyms. There's a lot of fitness chains in a lot of places around the country. Our listeners, again, you know, they could be familiar with certain names and certain infomercials and whatnot and, you know, media takes us all over. But I love the story that you have. And this is not just, hey, you know, an average place you walk in and people don't care about you and whatnot. We're talking today about like Legit bottom up grassroots. You're coming in here, and it's like a family. This is like a you know you have that atmosphere. And tell us what? How long is Pure Focus being around? What what is it? What does it stand for?
2: Pure Focus was opened in 2000. You can move the mic too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It. You don't have to totally like kink uh, your neck. I'm, right I'm new at this. <laughs> uh, it, it opened in 2000. Matt Jennings was the original owner. I purchased it in 2006 from him. Um, Matt originally, you know, the typical fitness center at the time with the squat racks, benches, machines, nautilus, all all that kind of stuff. And when I purchased it from him, I was always a bodybuilder. Been competing since I was 17 years old, so for a long time, I'm an old school guy. It was always weights to me. Weights, you know, deadlifts, squats, presses, the usual stuff. Things that people like to do. A lot of women are into that now. So as time went on, we kind of evolved the gym from just being a fitness center to being more of a hardcore, but yet newer General age hard, you know, hardcore but yet for everybody kind of thing. And we we try to stress the fact that it to us that's the best way to get in shape. It's not just you know doing a circuit of weights and see you later and and then you stop stop going because you're getting no results. We want people to come in, push the weight, enjoy what they're doing, and, and really not be discriminated against because they're doing deadlifts and they might make a little noise on the ground and and next thing you know you got the owner of the other well it's never the <laughs> owner of the gym because the, the owners of those of the gyms are never around but somebody from the front desk or the manager coming around and saying hey you can't do that here so we like to keep it old school we try to keep the gym as neat as possible we understand that cleanliness is important so that's a priority for us too unfortunately when we do allow our members to use chalk and they're not always the most, neat. they're not always neat with it. So yeah, there might be some dust around from the chalk, but we just want people to come in and just enjoy themselves and get out of their workout what they really deserve to. We don't, we want you to come. We don't have five, 6,000 members like some of the other chain chain gyms. Um, so obviously they can't all go. That's the whole marketing scheme. Okay, pay your $10. dollars we'll we never see you again. I know every member. I say hello to every member. I, I try to at least. I know everybody's name. Um... I've been, I coached a lot of these kids when I coached Pop Warner football, Little League, soccer, everything. So I, some of these kids still call me Coach. They call me Mr. Beerly. So I know them and I know their parents. So their parents don't mind dropping their kids off at the gym. We have good connection with the high school. We have two bodybuilding shows at Brick Memorial High School a year. So we want people to come. We need them to come. We need them to come because that's how you stay in business. You know, We're not a, we're not a big high-volume gym. So we want people to come in, enjoy themselves. We we try to give them the best service we can. We have a good juice bar. We have good personal trainers. We have good classes. Um, you have great personal trainers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do, Chris. Yes, we do. So yeah, we just have, it's just that feel like. And is my gym our gym for everybody? No, it's not. Some people just want to come in and walk in a treadmill for thirty minutes and you know, that's fine. You can do that, too. It's not like we don't have cardio, but do we have the newest age cardio where you can walk upside down and in and out and all this <laughs> thing? Sort of I mean, if that's what you need to work out, then unfortunately we don't have that. So it's really not for everybody, but it should be, and it really could be because people that come to our gym get results. Right. And that's why you thats why you work out for results and benefits. I, I used to work for Jack sold health club memberships for 10 years, ran... Gyms all up and down the New Jersey. Wow, you're old. I am old. So <laughs> the always, you know, rule number one, never sell on price. Never mm-hmm. sell on price. So what do you see now? Everything is sold on price. So we always concentrate on the results and benefits. That's what you get. You join a gym. I don't care if it's $100. If it gets you in shape, then it's worth it. If it's $10, you don't get in shape, to me it's not worth it. But yet you keep paying because it's only
0: $10. You know what's big right now, Kent, is that there are – There are actually conventions and and events now, and one of them is coming up in a couple months, um, the Boutique Fitness Summit. They're now, you know, literally these summits of people getting together that, you know, someone like you would be fantastic to talk at some of these events because you've been in there. You know what works. You know what doesn't, and I love the fact that you said that, you know what, some places, some gyms, like Pure Focus – again pure focus think about that name right now that, that's what just keeps mm-hmm. going yeah. off of my head and what you're saying pure focus you are focused on certain clienteles guess what if you just want to come in here and you know do one thing great you can do your own thing but if you want to come in and really train and really lift and really get into competitions which we want to get into in a little bit because um, what we didn't mention is um, Ken is huge with um with bodybuilding and training and you have years and years and years of experience training people for competitions. Right. And you run your own comp right? right. Aren't you the yeah, what I'm the, is your position? I'm the
2: president of the American Natural Bodybuilding Federation. We this is our sixth year. We started with six shows and now we're up to twenty four shows this year.
0: That's all right, everyone, did you hear that? That's pretty impressive. So just throwing that out there for all of our listeners who are, you know, into, you know, into building and into, you know, really, really getting competitive. Um, so what what I was going with is that this is a place, there is a place for everyone. There is a place for everyone. And Brian and I have talked a lot about, you know what, if you love dancing, then let that be your happy place and let that be your fitness. But if you're not a dancer, guess what? Find something that works and it's Okay. And you know some people do. They need that like hyped up eight billion dollar stationary bike or that treadmill that again has like you know shampoos your hair as you you know <laughs> as you're walking. Well, some people need it. Some people don't. It's not for everyone. And I love that.
1: Or, or even you know you guys are talking to a couple of endurance athletes right now. Like if I looked at every person and, and tried to make them an endurance athlete too, I'm just I'm I'm not going to. Um, be able to help as many people as I really can. You know, that's why I need to expand the way that I trained in order to help more people. Uh, you know, people always say, Do I have to run? I said, No. I you run know? To the bathroom. It, it, there it. you go. But well, I, I was go. I was
2: just gonna say though, even as an endurance athlete, Oh absolutely you still need to weight train. And yes. that's what people don't get the full aspect of any type of sport. It all starts with Weight training, yes, at all certain levels. I know other people that are, a bunch of my friends they do the the endurance triathlons and stuff. They all, I train a bunch of them, and they all they all tell me that ever since they added weight training to their workouts, absolutely, their body has been stronger to be able to take the the endure, you know the you beating don't get levels. hurt. That, yeah. That's you exactly it. Decrease I, I, injuries. I
1: definitely want to get into that with you guys because that's my uh, thing and that's what I do. I work with high school teams. I work with you know all summer long and, and even in season, getting them strong. So that they can endure a cross country season right, exactly. and things like that. You um, got,
2: your body has to be strong to endure the beating you're going to give it with all the endurance.
1: No doubt about it. One thing that I just wanted to kind of point out to you is it's so funny that Christine said you guys would be perfect for the boutique fitness thing because I see it as like you guys are the originals. You're, you're like you said, old school. You're throwbacks. I mean, this is the way gyms were, right? Gyms were plates and weights and clanging it and wasn't banging. It was not a
0: Pilates studio. Yeah, That's, and, and uh, you know.
1: You know, there was, uh, there was orange lights. <laughs> can I <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> it's true. Orange. You can,
0: you can. There, but again, there's a place for everyone. I right, say it all the time. Right. You got to Hey, if it gets them into right the
2: around. gym, that's great. But We're you need more. You need you need more than that. You got to just not get to the gym. You need so so one it. thing that you guys have is, is
1: staying power. I mean, you guys have been at it for a long time. You said you opened the gym in 99 or so, right? 2000, yeah. 2000, so, you know, and, and even before that, I mean, that's almost late to that game with, you know, the way that things were in the 80s and, you know, uh, it, with Schwarzenegger and, and, and everything else. I was going to say, you know, yeah. like, 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 that's the... It where it was at. I mean, that was the real uh, push for, for all this stuff is, is
2: pumping iron. And, well, that's uh, what... Arnold is what got me started when I was in... Thirteen years old, watching Pumping Iron with a friend of mine. I was like, "Wow, that's cool." And two days later, we're we're hitting a gym a couple towns over. We had to beg for rides to go, and I I knew it. I mean, I did it for football, but continued on. Well, once you're done playing, you got to fill that void. You got to keep competing. So that's why I just kept kept competing.
0: Are you still competing?
2: Yes, I haven't competed in three years. I was but- gonna
0: say, there's I haven't seen the pictures of. I follow Kent. He's, you should see some of the pictures. Seriously, we're going we're gonna to post se- se- some. Seriously, for we, those...
1: Have you seen his pictures? No, but for those not in the studio, I'm like surrounded by muscle here.
0: <laughs> Is it my gigantic biceps no, no, that no, no, are... No, no,
1: no, no, Yeah, we're good. I think, we could, I think we could take him, Conti. Bad. We're just run away. <laughs> <laughs> we can run. I got some muscle.
0: Just, you know. But yeah, you can kind of catch us
2: first. I think w- we could eventually find you. You might get dressed in the morning, open your closet, <laughs> and be waiting for you. i wear your necklace. Ha ha, we got you. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, that's what I always say. I'm like, yeah, I could run for a really long time. So just, you know. You have to it. go to bed eventually. I don't know. So
1: so we know who's not coming through your doors. We know the people that you're not catering to. Who are you catering to, um, you know, specifically, you know, just ages and, and and everything?
2: We have a lot of, well, first of all, I still like to think that our gym is for everybody, and if, mm-hmm. and if I could take a person that say that's walking into, can I mention names of places, or walks into one of those ten dollars a month places, I could take we all them, know what you're talking. I about. could take them to my gym, and I could convince them that our gym is better because they will leave knowing that they were number one taken care of, number two they were shown the right way. Think about the people that go into places like that; they have no idea what they're doing. Unless it's a place that was something else beforehand, like there's a mm-hmm. you know, some other some the red and yellow gym, you know, they some of them they take over other gyms sometimes. So they have existing members. So those people are okay. But if you're a first time person and you're walking into a place like that, unless you hire one of the, their trainers and you train for thirty minutes and then they charge you thirty five dollars for the thirty minutes and then they charge you double, then they charge you triple because they get you to use your sessions before they're over. So you don't know what you're doing. So what are you doing? You're going to go in. You're going to walk in the treadmill for 20 minutes. You might play around with some machines, and you leave. So eventually, you're going to say, "Okay, maybe I need to get a trainer." So now you're taking your 10 or 20 dollar membership, and you're making it 100 dollars a month because you're paying for all these training sessions. Instead, you could just go to a gym. You could get an orientation with one of our trainers. You could, you know, work out an arrangement to have, you know, to get a workout set up for you. So you know what you're doing. So that's why I think we I would almost do a challenge that I could take somebody from another gym, convince them that it's worth it to join our gym. And it's basically not even more, you know, it could be more than just four dollars more a month. Get more out of it. So that's the first thing. Well, I think our gym is still for everybody. Now they may think it's not because they just want to walk in a treadmill. So but predominantly most of our people, we we start kids, they may we have some people that have been members probably as long as I've been there. They started when they were 13, 14, and they're still there. They're they're in and out of college. They're full time jobs now. A lot of our members are between, say, most of our members are between twenty and probably thirty five. That's our predominant predominant age group, wouldn't you think?
3: They, they range from thirteen to ninety. Yeah. So un-
2: unfortunately, we used to have a lot of older people. You know, sixty five plus. You know they. A lot of them left to go to uh, other gym because they just want to walk in the treadmill, and you know, and they they were newer, glitzier treadmills, and ours aren't always newer and glitzier. They're just treadmills, so right. they walk mm-hmm. in the treadmills, and they, you know, and sometimes they break. Sometimes you know you have to fix them, and you know, that's just the life of a gym when right. you have a machine that's used nonstop all day long. So we don't have we don't have as many of the older people. Although we just had a special with silver sneakers that came in, and we probably signed up fifteen to twenty people. Great. Great. So they come in now. So People leave – a gym business, people are always going to leave. People are always going to try something out and they're going to come back. We, you know, they, A lot of them come back. A lot of them don't. But gyms are always – every gym that opens in town, it could be Chris Marzarella's yoga studio. We'd lose people to that. That's just, the way yeah. it is. Yeah. That's just the way it is because people don't have the income to be able to say, well, I'm going to have a membership here. I'm going to have a membership here. I'm going to have a membership here. So they're only going to do one thing at a time because either their wife or their husband says, how many memberships are you going to have? You can only have one. So pick one. So that happens. So people will leave. Just for whatever reason, they'll move to the other. The problem in Brick is there's a gym like in every corner. I mean, you can't have. I, I don't know why anybody in Brick is not in shape. There's only about 15 gyms in town, and there's more opening. Yeah, so yeah, and there's yeah. a big one opening downtown. I mean, so the problem is like we have people that move. Oh, I'm moving. Where are you moving to the other side of Brick? It's five minutes away. You can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't oh, yeah, but there's a gym right down the road. I'm like, yeah, but it's not this gym. Right. Yeah, but it's a gym. I'm like, Okay. And then maybe like six months later they come back. Yeah, that gym sucked. I don't want to (laughs) go there anymore. So well, I could have, I couldn't, myself. I could have told you that. But there's a lot of gyms, and you really have to fight, and it and it makes you mad sometimes when people they'll go to. Why you go to the gym? Well, because it's right down the street from my house. Well, you can't drive an extra five minutes to go somewhere else this makes no sense.
0: What I would say too is that for for people around the country too, not just, you know, we're in we're on the Jersey Shore and this is again, this is kind of a staple of this area at the Jersey Shore is pure focus. And just think about all the all the people listening right now around the country, think about what you do in your area. I mean, are you going out and, you know, spending money and just kind of going to a, a generic place because that's what you're supposed to do? Oh, I'm just going to go to that think about now the people that actually opened up their own places or the owners that are actually there. that is where you're gonna find the people with the passion may not just be like you had mentioned you know is it just people that are that are getting into the business just to get into the business just because you know I read about this newest trend and I'm gonna get you know get try and get ahead of it um, you know are you in it for the money or are you in it for the heart? and I think that's something for you guys you're in it for the reason because you love it. And you actually love working with anyone from children up until age 90 and you see that that void that's here that you're saying, you know, oh, well, I'm 10 minutes away. I'm five minutes away. Guess what? If people love something, a you know, if you're going to put your heart and soul in it, they are going to spend the money for membership and they are going to drive however long it takes to get there without, you know, without any question. And, you know. Like you said, I think many places in this country have the same thing. Where there's a gym on every corner, like there's a Dunkin' Donuts on every corner or a nail place, or but it's you're going to go where you feel that you are getting something. If you make your members feel important, they're going to be loyal to you for the rest of your life. Even if they leave for financial reasons, whatever, they're back, and that's what's cool. And that's what kind of you know I see even you know with all of the smaller you know either family owned or personally owned, not like the chains. Right. um, I see that over and over again as I travel the country that it does, there is that meaningful connection and the connections you make with your people that walk through the doors are so much more than just physical. I mean, you're working physically, but we all know that this is like 90% mental
2: here. Well, you know, and to touch on what you said, I was driving to work this morning and you know, when you hear the, the advertisement for one of the chain gyms Mm -hmm. and, and one of their they're really trying to reach out to people to franchise them and the one of the explanations is to diversify your portfolio so I'm like <laughs> so in other words you I mean if, if I'm a consumer and I'm hearing that and I'm like okay he wants to diversify his portfolio never <laughs> step foot in the gym but he just wants to make money off of everybody so it's like it makes me mad when I hear that commercial because it's like and it's basically it's all crap anyway because I know the original gym that he, that was open the first one uh, and it's a little uh, right. The whole story right. to me is like a sham, and I don't have a problem saying that because I've said it forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're, they're shams, and yeah. but yet their advertisement—it's on you know on the radio. F A N diversify your portfolio. So me as a consumer, I'm like, why the hell? I'm going to diversify somebody's portfolio by joining their gym, or I'd rather go to a privately owned gym, a local gym, family owned. And the owner's there every day, and he knows your name. I don't know. I'd rather choose a place like, like that. So, I, it confuses me, and it really does. There's times I sit in my office, and I get I get mad. I'm like, why am I busting my ass mm-hmm. to? F- I just don't. I don't get why people would not choose to go to that.
0: Because you care. That's why.
2: I, I just don't get it. I, I'm. We're there to help people get in shape. The the, the members are there to help people. It's an inviting place. We have bodybuilding competitions in the gym, and everybody supports each other. But yet, you go to a place where, I don't know. Like, the majority mm-hmm. of
3: the stuff that we like to do isn't permitted in many gyms. Well, it's not. It's mm-hmm. really
2: not even that. It's the fact that you walk in, and if you're lucky, if you get a hello from the person at the front desk that's getting paid 10, 11, you know, she's getting paid pretty good. More than we get paid. people, probably. But.
1: People are thrown off track by the flash right they're th- they're definitely thrown off track by the you know the dangling carrot or whatever it may be and a lot of time it's price and other times it's like it's right there and it's in the big shopping mall and I go to the grocery store there anyway and you know it's just kind of like people are really thrown off by that and attracted to that right, right. advertise it's marketing it's mm-hmm. advertising they- they're no dummies when it comes to that stuff and I agree with you I'd much rather you know, spend the buy my pizza at a Ma Pa shop, then you know, then then at a, a chain, you know, that I know that I'm going to get shitty pizza from. Right, and
2: right? we're we're part, we of the, we're part of the chamber of commerce. Mm-hmm. Not one of those gyms are part of the chamber of commerce. Why are you giving money to someone who doesn't even support your local economy? It just doesn't make right. any sense. I want to say
0: there's maybe like three, maybe off the top of my head that I can think of that are that are in this area, and that's. That's important for the community. And you know, we, whether we or not donate I donate to important. You know,
2: anybody says they you know, want something for school, this and that. I yeah. mean, I, I give away $1,000 to Brick Memorial High School for, for allowing us to have our show there $1,000 yes. in Scott. And I'm the second highest business. I was like, really, a thousand? Because I think I am as cheap with a thousand dollars. Right. I like, I'm the second highest business. You're
0: you know so what? Generous. All right, I'm going to tell you this right now because I asked because Brian and I talked about this a while ago because we wanted to give a scholarship for like two fit crazies, which we're going to do. We just there's a lot of things on our in our queue, but that we need to do at some point. Many times if you, and I'm putting this out here for many gyms and many different places that if you want to give a scholarship, sometimes if you can come up with 500 bucks, you put it out into the community and you never know who's just going to match your 500 bucks and add and add and add. Number one, it looks great. I'm just, you know, now we're being selfish, but looks great for your business. That's number one. Right. You're, you know, you're being a philanthropist, you're giving back, you're giving to the community. And there's no losing in that. Like, I, I feel like some people will talk about marketing and talk about how do I get members? How do you get members? Give away, a, give back to the community. Now you're getting members. Now the community's like, Hey, the, did you hear this kid is now you're in this pamphlet. You're in the brochure. This kid's got a picture. They got a, a, a wonderful scholarship from pure focus. What's pure focus? Wow. That's a, wow. It's this gym trying to make people fit. They're trying to change lives. Well, the domino gets kicked over. I mean, there's things that I just don't. Again, you may not understand. I don't understand why. That's like a amazing thing. I don't know why everyone doesn't do that. There you go. I'm calling everybody out right now. <laughs> so boutique gyms around the country as well. Why aren't you giving out some sort of scholarship or, or join the chambers of your communities and you know you ask you know how do you get more successful? I mean, you have it. It's always a hard a hard game to play when you're in your own business. But those are the things that you keep doing because it does pay off and so i mean pays off in your heart if anything else you know you go to bed thinking like hey i'm not that much of a jerk that maybe that (laughs) client just told me you know (laughs) Um, but so let's talk about as well um with the shows that you that you do and put on and so how did you get into that how did you get into your obviously you you know competed but how does that take you to where you are now Well which- I
2: I used to I used to promote just here in Brick. I used to have two shows a year. Actually the one tomorrow is our 12th 12th one we've had. So I was always promoting shows, I was promoting for a different organization and I'm always looking to make things better, make things better for the consumer whether the people that are competing or the people that are in the audience. Just like I I really treated it like I treated the gym. I just want to make it where people can have a better experience, and I competed a lot. One year I did sixteen shows, so that was the year I wow. did I did sixteen shows, and maybe four of them I would recommend to other people. But I just kind of kept my mouth shut. But I was like, "Wow, this show really sucks." You right? got to
0: learn; it's all learning experience, so right? I, I like- mean,
2: I, and I just I've been competing forever, so I've done a lot of crappy shows. But then I get to the point where my two shows in Brick were like two of the better shows in this organization that I was promoting for. So I went to do a show in another location for the organization that I promoted for, and it was awful from beginning to end. Drug testing, it just judges, it just everything was awful.
0: What? So tell us what, what what's the show like? What's what what is it? And then what was good like? Well, well,
2: some people the, have no idea. Well, well,
0: what's
1: a standard show? Yeah, Consist of.
2: Well, it, it, well, it's, you come out with your group. I mean, there might be, whatever, 50, 60 people there, and it's just broken down into different groups, bikini, figure, bodybuilding, so I compete in bodybuilding, you come out with your class of bodybuilders, I was in the pro class, whatever, six or seven guys, and you get judged, there's five or six judges that judge you based on what you look like, whether your definition, your muscularity, your size, your tan, I mean, everything, They're looking. they're scoring you one through whatever, so... There was weird stuff like one of the competitors had a vendor table out in the lobby, which is kind of like conflict, obviously conflict mm-hmm. of interest. Um, they didn't have the right amount, they didn't have the right amount of judges, so they added like the friends of one of the judges who really, you know, no credentials basically. So it just, so the judging was suspect. So you're being judged, but yeah. you know, you, you bust your ass to, can I say ass? Yes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> You bust your ass to get ready for a show, and you get there, and you want to be judged by quality judges. So it's like, it's like, who's who? Okay, well, you, and one of them was friends with one of the competitors. The back, where you're getting ready, like, they always stick you in the back. Like, I, I have a rule in the AMBF, is we don't use hallways to get ready. You have to have a room. So no hallways. Hashtag no hallways. <laughs> um, so, like, in Brick Memorial, we're lucky. They give us the big cafeteria behind, so it's a perfect setup. Yeah. So we always try to get a room we're in the back hallway with the lights off like they're half on and here you're trying to get ready you got your tan ready you got your you know you got to make sure you're oiled up right everything you make sure you look good you can't even see yourself and it's freezing so they must have like the stuff on timers and the, just so the whole back room setup was awful so judges were awful they have conflict of interest with the uh, competitor as a vendor mm-hmm. then the back room was awful and then at the end of the show they're like not you know not following the organization's drug testing policy so it's like so I I emailed the after that show, and then they advertised like seven thousand dollars of pro payouts, and I think they gave out like two thousand dollars. Oh no! And then the next day, the promoter sees me. It was I almost gave away where it was. But I try not to. I saw the promoter the next day. He says, "Wow!" He says, "You know, we really made a lot of money." I Meanwhile, you know, I wanted to punch him because I'm like <laughs> the show was a disaster. I'm like I drove all the way out here for for this, and He's bragging to me about how much money he gave out. So I'm adding up how much payout. I'm like, how the hell did he make that much money? So I'm like, because he didn't pay anybody. So the next day I emailed the head of the organization. I said, look, I said, I, the show we did this weekend was a disaster. Um, from top to bottom, I said, I really think you need to look at what we're doing with this organization. I said, I think you need to get either a quality quality control, you know, supervised, somebody that can make sure there's somebody at every show that's really watching and paying attention. And there should be a checklist of what these things that have to do to make sure they're legitimate. And I said, you know, in the drug testing, you know, I don't think people think the organization is legit because your drug testing, I think, is not being followed. And he said, well, I think we're the most legit natural organization out there. So I think we're fine. Oh, I said, OK. <laughs> so then I started... That's when I had the idea. I'm I'm friends with Mark Lobliner from MTS Nutrition, a good friend of mine. He had helped me out with some shows and some product. So I reached out to him and I gave him my idea. I said, Look, I know there's a lot of natural organizations out there. I said, But there's a lot of shitty shows. And I said, And I'm tired of, you know, I'm tired of doing crappy shows and not really just for me. I said, I think we could put a product out there that would make the sport better. Maybe not. I'm not looking to take over. I mean, that's always been my argument. I'm never looking to take over. I just wanted to have fresh ideas. And just go with it, so people can have a good time. And you know, if other organizations learn from what we're doing, then that then it worked. So, at first, he's like, "Well, I think there's too many organizations." Blah blah blah. Let me think about it. So the next day, he emails me back. He says, "All right, let's do it. I I like your ideas." So it was big because Mark is a big big personality. His business, he's from TigerFitness.com and MTS Nutrition. So he um, he's a big he's a big deal. So with his backing, we were able to really move forward and, and, you know, legitimate, be considered legitimate from the beginning. So we were able to, you know, he would, we we still to this day get product from him for shows and we're always, um, people like his stuff and he's a big social media presence. So he's, he's a, he's a character. He'd be good for your show. He's you guys. He's hilarious. He really, he really is. Um, but he's a good friend of mine, and this is one of those friends I don't talk to often, but when I do, we, we talk and we we'll see him. He's, he used to come out here a lot, but now he's real busy with his business. It's like gone crazy. So we started it, and, you know, of course, other people say, oh, why start a new organization? You know, the arguments we knew were going to happen. Why well, have another one? I said, look, I just want to make it better. I said, and I tell the same <laughs> story, 16 shows, four of them were good. The rest sucked. I said, so what do you want me to do? I, I, you know, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm almost done. It's time for me to give back and try to make the sport better. So and I was still competing, but then as I started doing that, I wasn't able to compete as much. But then I started to see some weird stuff going on where I was like, Oh, it's the head of the organization, we can't have him win here. So, you know, it's, you get... <laughs> So then I, you know, then the whole thing compete in the NPC, oh you can't compete in the NPC, they're all on drugs, you're supporting them. I'm sick, no, I'm just trying to compete. I just right. want to compete. I'm old. I used to compete in the NPC because <laughs> that's all there was. So it's like, you know, so I'm like, Oh screw all you guys, I don't give a shit. So I just did whatever I wanted. <laughs> So then we just kept growing and you know, growing and growing and people still, oh, you can't do that. Meanwhile, people started copying things we do. People started scoring the routines because we score routines because we want them to be entertaining. You know, that's part of the – you judge people in the lineup. Say we're all in the same class. I wouldn't want to compete against her though. She's pretty lean. <laughs> so we're all in the that's same class so you get judged that way. <laughs> then you come back out and you do an individual routine, you know, whether it's a bodybuilding routine or a bikini walk or a figure walk. So we started scoring them to make it more entertaining. There was another organization that did it, but it was a little different. So people started putting more into the routines because they knew it counted as part of the score. So it was more entertaining for the crowd. We changed the format where we put it all together. So you get judged in your class, and then you come right out to do your routine. So it's all the the crowd sees it all. They used to do what they call pre-judging in the morning and then mm-hmm. come back for a night show like five hours later, and everybody just sits around and does you know, doesn't know what to do. So we combined it all, so it's all one show. Now organizations all, they all, a lot of them do that. So they've copied a lot of the things we've done. They've tried, they've gotten better MCs. I MC and head judge most of the shows. And, you know, I'm like I am now. I just talk, and I try to make it fun. And if I see somebody doing something wrong on stage, I will kind of like, I try to ease them, and I try to fix it without right. it really affecting the show. I try to get them to calm down. I find good stories, and I go with it. And the people in the crowd, sometimes someone, you know, there's always a story you can find. So I've tried to make it more entertaining. So now you go to other shows and you see, like, some people had professional MCs, like Mm -hmm. good ones. But then it might have been, like, Joe Schmoe's brother on stage because he was free and it was available and he was awful. But yet, they don't understand. It's all about entertainment. The shows are all entertainment. So I brought all these fresh ideas and people like it. But then you have all the other organizations that try to still bash you and still, like, threaten their people. So
0: now what is the name of...
2: Yours. The American Natural Bodybuilding Federation. There. A- ANBF. ANBF.
1: And, and the separation between the two, obviously, natural is you guys are, are doing it clean. Right. Um,
2: with drug test, analysis.
1: Okay. Every test. It's expensive, no?
2: No. We, we used to do – a lot of organizations use polygraph tests, which we found are, are a waste <laughs> of money, <laughs> yeah. to the competitor because they have to pay $50 each. So this is actually the first year that we eliminated the polygraph and we've added more urinalysis. So if say if you have 50 people, you're not – you're testing 50 people, but you might be doing 10 people, 8 people. Okay. So you're testing more
1: people. It's okay. So it's not – it's a random – Right. Range. Well, you test
2: the people that win. Like you can get a pro card where you yeah. can compete for money. So you test those people. You test the people that – if you have pros, you test the winners of that. Okay. So it's it's pretty – it's hard to pass a urinalysis, analysis, but it's very easy to pass a polygraph test. So we've, we've what? What is the for,
1: opposite of the natural
2: uh, group? I mean, what is the is no, the, it's, the, the not, juiced up uh, <laughs> barbarians? Ju- oh <laughs> the uh, NPC, which is the uh, National Physique Committee. That's okay. That's been the one. that used to, AAU used to be before that. Then it's NPC, and they're the branch of the IFBB, which is the like Mr. Olympians. Okay. Which is going on. So tomorrow, that's just so. that's just
1: anything goes? Or do they, yeah, any, anything goes. That's no, just dirty or what? They've
2: had in the past where they tried to drug test some shows and this and that, and of course it didn't really work out well. The guys looked awful and people weren't impressed. That like people want to see yeah. cartoon characters. Yeah. And they've kind of ruined the whole sport. I don't even follow it really much anymore. Although a friend of mine, one of our promoters, his daughter, Sid Gillen, she won Miss Olympia last year, and she's natural. So yeah, so it's impressive when people are natural that can do well. That,
1: that was my question. Now, what's like? What's the difference? the standard difference? I mean, is it easy to There's, spot?
2: Well, usually the, the, the size is is the main thing, but also the level of definition that some people get is different too. Because you know, you're, you're the, with the aid of certain drugs, you can really get you can really get really shredded. I've done national level show NPC. I've taken I took six at the NPC Nationals out of thirty six guys back in two thousand nine. I've won my class at the Masters Nationals three or four times. I won my class at the North Americans. So I've so I've <laughs> I've won I've won higher level shows. I've done well, but I'm also in a lower weight class. So it's a little easier for a guy like me to compete because I have a body that I have big arms and big legs, so I give the appearance of being big. So when I get leaner I, I look bigger than I really it, am. It shows. But well, for me right? to, for me to yeah, for me to go up against the bigger guys. Like I've been in overalls in national shows probably 4 or 5 times and there's usually seven guys and I might be maybe fourth or fourth or fifth overall, but just because it's usually the bantamweight, lightweight, welterweight and then everybody else, you know. It's hard to beat those big guys unless they're off. You you can beat them if they're off. But if they won their class, they're not off.
1: All right, so now I got to ask I'm trying to pull up a picture of Kent. What for does it Brian. take? What does it take to get in that type of shape? What's the training like? What's the specific training like as you get closer? What's like the the weight loss and the dropping and everything that goes on there, Chris?
3: Uh, Kent and I are going to be competing together in the same show, uh, Labor Day weekend in 2019. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, well,
0: that far that you've already.
3: Yeah, I, I'm actually in a building phase right now because I'm going to be trying the classic physique, which is the under or short things. That's the only way you can say it. Um, and it's a throwback from the '70s and '80s classes. And I, I can't. I'm six two. I can't go up against a guy who's Kent's height and weighs the same as me. It's very unfair. So they, th- uh, the NPC, which is the only federation that I can compete in, um, they introduced this new class, classic physique, about three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we're not going to be competing in the same divisions, obviously, not the, the same classes. But this gives me a better chance because I'm six foot two, and I'm two twenty to two thirty. Right now I'm walking around at two twenty seven. Um, I'm trying to build and big dude. You know, well, I'm, I'm the smallest of my brothers. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so I come from a land of giants. Um, my mom is five ten. My father's six feet. So, we can, and we're all shaped like boxes. And we're going to be competing together. Uh, we're going to Facebook it, and we're going to live broadcast it. Because, it, as you said before, but what goes into it? Um, it takes about what twenty-four weeks for us to get ready.
2: Because I'm old. Yes, and so am I. I need. I'm probably going to start my diet in January. That's right. So, well, so nine, eight, nine months. Well, you're
3: what twelve years older than me. What are you funny
2: guy? Uh-oh. Well
3: you're what? Sixty
0: eight years
3: old? Fifty-five. 55. I'm fifty one. So years young. Yes. So Bam. <laughs> we we are gonna showcase this on video so that we can give people a glimpse of what it takes. It it's very challenging. And and whether you're natural or uh unnatural. Enhanced. Enhanced, yes. <laughs> I am enhanced. It's a good it's um but it's either way you do it it's very challenging and we want people to see and understand what we go through so when we're nasty at my wife hates me you know the last (laughs) few weeks of my prep this is why i haven't competed in three years but i told her i i have to do this because it's something I, i am very passionate about Right. you know
2: the whole process to touch on what you asked again the um Everybody will tell you, oh, it's not healthy. This and that. The, the lifestyle of a natural body, natural bodybuilder, is very healthy. The last few weeks, not so healthy. But if you do it right, that's why I like to take. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to diet for three and a half weeks and do a show. I mean, I was walking around. I wasn't like now. I'm 195 pounds, but I wasn't. I wasn't 195 pounds then. I may, I'll suck down I, if she ever finds a picture. I know. I'm- Actually, I have a. I have some when I was when I was 29 years old. Yeah,
0: <laughs> even the last like the last even couple shows that you did, they're still. Kent's got a wingspan. That's so impressive.
2: The idea is you, you, three and a half weeks crash diet really is not very smart. Even when you're a kid, you can get away with it. When you're 20 years old, 19 years old, but as you get as you get older and smarter, you realize that it's better if you're you take it slow. That way it's not a trauma to your body. You're letting your body adjust. You're still able to build some strength because what happens is eventually your strength goes down because your body, you're on a calorie deficit. And if you manage it right, there's you, know, you, you cycle your carbs. You, you, so you'll have a day where you have more carbs, you feel better. The next day you might feel strong. But it's a long, drawn-out process. It's like if you're getting training for a marathon. You just don't decide to go. Maybe you do, but you just don't decide to go run a marathon. But you, you, know, you, you practice up to it and you build up to it. So it's the same idea. And because if you're if you're really serious about being a you know anybody that's in a fitness event like that, you're living the life. It's not like you're going. I mean, some people don't. If you're serious about it and you 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 want to, you make it a lifestyle. So it's not really okay. I'm getting ready for a show. I'm dieting. Well, okay, I'm dieting now to manage myself so I'm no one don't get fat. I mean, I could get up to 225 pounds tomorrow if I wanted to. So oh, that's what you were now. I said 195. Pay Fatty attention. <laughs> <Mongo>. <laughs> oh so you you manage you you manage your process. Not not that I'm eating good every meal, but I'm eating. The whole idea is you eat every three four hours. Even if it's a bad meal, you still eat because your body you trained your body. If I don't eat, like right now, I'm starving. I thought you guys would have some sort of buffet. <laughs> thing. I thought we I maybe have... have some Skittles in my bag somewhere. Take them out. The, yeah. the, the sandwich sandwiches yeah. and stuff. <laughs> So so you always want to feed your body. So then when you do start to cut your meals, you're still eating. So you're kind of tricking yourself. But then eventually you'll get five, six, seven weeks out from a show. And that's where it's a grind because now it's work. Now you're getting down to the low body fats and you really got to make sure you hit your cardio. If you're, if you're doing cardio, make sure you're doing it. There's really no days, literally no days off. When they say no days off, there really isn't. You can't say, well, unless you're totally beat, you got to know your body. but. You got to do something and the more you do, you just fight through it because it's not about how you feel. It's not a sport of how do you feel. If, if I ask one of my clients, how do you feel? Oh, I feel great. <laughs> you're not competing hard you're, enough. You're not working you're not, hard yeah, enough. Exactly, so, I mean, you yes. really shouldn't feel great. I you, never mentally, feel great. We're, mentally, we're good. I'm always competing. Mentally, <laughs> you can feel good, but not, not physically. It's just like you're tired and you're going to be tired, and especially if you have like a real job and you're running around and doing stuff, working from six in the morning and not getting home till 10 at night. So, yeah, it's just it's a long, drawn out process. I like to do at least twenty four to thirty weeks, but I probably do longer. And you just you just go through the process. Your weights get lighter. Is there There's, pizza involved? Is there what pizza at all? Yeah, oh well, yeah. I have I I against many other. I have a cheat meal usually once a week in in the beginnings at least, and then you kind of change it to just like a high carb day. But when I have a cheat meal, I just I just eat whatever party. I want. yeah. Well, I'm not a really. I eat, but it's usually because you, you eat well. You're used to eating well, right? But yeah, I, you know, you but then cook what cook happens it. is if you eat junk, then you feel like crap for right. two days. So it's sometimes not worth it. But it's the ice cream that kills me because if I don't have ice cream, I'm okay. But the ice, cream. <laughs> I'll be like, it's bad. I like pizza. Yeah. So
0: you got to keep the eyes on
2: the prize, though.
0: I mean, it's yeah. Life I mean, is if just you're serious like about it, and, so, you're, and
2: you're at a level where you know you're, you're expected to do well, you can't let yourself down number one and you know and people want to see how you do so you can't
1: i mean and it sounds very familiar it's the lifestyle it's it's the world right. that you live in and and you know although we're on different uh sides of the uh of the fitness spectrum with with the you know the weight training that you guys are doing and 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 the endurance training that we're doing um you know it's the commitment it's it is the grind and if you asked any of us in the middle of a training block how we feel it's tired i'm exhausted <laughs> i feel like shit you know and that's how you know you're doing it right and if you ask my wife how i am the last you know couple weeks before a marathon i'm fucking grouchy yeah right yeah. right you know it's like it's just
0: it's when did it, i have my nervous breakdown like at least a week or so before iron man over the summer was my last nervous breakdown yeah when I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm changing yep. careers, this is stupid, everyone thinks this is dumb, blah, blah, you like, on, and you're just- in, um, in If running. you don't
2: go through that, it's not normal. No. I mean, you always have- That means because those ready. are ready. Yeah, those are the things that make you bounce back and say, fuck this, I can do this yeah. shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. In running, we call it the taper blues because when we're tapering down towards the, towards our run, you know, we get we get you know that's where you feel the aches and pains. That's oh, yeah. where you kind of you know you don't sleep so well and you wonder if you did enough. And you you know you kind of just get in and people have written their you know their doctorates thesis you know uh, on it theses on it and, and just you know to kind of because it's a psychological as much as it is uh, you know physical and uh, you know it just it just sounds very familiar.
0: And the support. I guess it's good to have that support system too. That, like you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, your your wife is like, "Oh my gosh!" But all of us, I think, have those people in our lives that probably want to stab us, you know, because <laughs> we do. We do spend time to really, you know, you want to be great at something. You got it.
3: To- my yeah. wife will. Uh, yeah. She's a, she's a strong it's person to say the least. Yeah, and she scares people sometimes because she's no no bullshit. Right, but. If if it weren't for her, I'd be, I, I wouldn't be half the man I am now. And oh, she grounds me. She'll kick your ass. You she know. will definitely kick my ass. Um, but you, you do, you have a support system. And, and Kent is, Kent was the guy that trained me for nationals three years ago. And I probably, I needed a coach and he was the guy because he understands me. We've been buds for, bros for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um He's, he's the nucleus of pure focus and, and, and the AMBF, obviously I, when I first moved down from Belleville to give my son a better life, uh, my wife and I decided we're going to move to brick mm-hmm. and back then the first gym I went into was his pure focus. And ever since then I've been a member and now I'm card owner. So, you know, Kent is the face, but I'm the voice, <laughs> I'm the loud voice. So,
2: this is me. From yeah, we just period. pulled up.
0: Um, Kent just pulled up pictures. Kent's too.
1: showing me these pictures. Oh, he sleeps man. with those under his
3: under his uh, pillow. Yeah, that's right.
1: All right, are looking cool. at? It's amazing. You, I'm, no, looking it's out, it's it's amazing. I'm looking at at Kent and his and his get up there and uh and it's and, he's a monster. You guys, he looks like you know what you would see on uh you know in the uh, on the shows on the ESPN and magazines and. And uh, it's amazing. Um, so take me back. Uh, t- talk to me about the nutrition aspect of it. I I, uh, I work with a lot of nutrition. Um, again, mostly with endurance athletes. How does that? How does that work for you? I mean, you guys. You said three, four times. You know, four or five times a day. Uh, you're never not eating. You're always trying to keep it focused. But what's like like uh, calorie intake and even content of the food you're
2: eating? I, I try to keep. I try to keep my food up. At, at, at least in the beginning, because there's not a rush, you want to figure out how much weight your average weight of loss per week. So, if someone was to come to me and say, Hey, I want to do a show in, in eight weeks, and I want you know, and okay. I ask them, How much do you weigh? and then you know, say they say 200, I said, Well, what do you want to weigh for the show? Oh, I want to weigh 150. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's impossible. Mean, I can't say it's impossible. I said, But I, I can't help you. in eight. I mean, I can help you, but not to be ready in eight weeks. So you have to have realistic goals. So that's why it's always better to spread it out. So your average weight of loss, say people always say, Well, I can lose two pounds a month. Well maybe a two pounds a week. Well maybe in the beginning you can, but those last five, six, seven, eight weeks, you're gonna lose ounces. you're gonna lose a pound, maybe a half a pound, you might not lose anything. So you have to factor that in. So I like to be around like if I'm for example, use myself, I'm about 190, 190 and I need to be like one I need to be on stage probably like one sixty five. So we're talking twenty five pounds I have to lose, and we're now, talking
0: all muscle too, like we're not talking like you know well you have to also yeah. you
2: factor in because you be the sure idea it. is you want to lose right. your body fat without losing muscle right. a lot of, that's why you want to keep your calories up and try to not do a lot of cardio because the cardio will eat up your will eat eat your muscle up, yes, it will, and then at the same time, <laughs> one of my strong points is my legs, and I don't want to do a lot of cardio and, and wear out my legs, so I want to keep my legs big so if I got to lose 25 pounds, so now even if it's a pound a week, now you're talking you're talking 25 weeks. So that's the six-month period right there. So that's why you want to do – I mean, I could do a pound a week. That's easy. But it's not easy in the last five, six weeks. So you want to have – I'm not a big protein eater. But I, I like to have – if I weigh 190, I'll eat around 200 grams of protein a day. So I'll spread it out over six meals, sometimes seven between 30 and 40 grams of protein a meal. Um, carbs, you know, I'll, I'll depending on the time of day, you'll eat more before you work out. But I might not have any more than 180 carbs a day. I might get down. You basically adjust everything based on where you're at. If it's working, you don't change it. If it's not working, then you adjust it. Try not to do a lot of cardio in the beginning. And then as you get closer to the show, if you need to add it in, you add it in. I do like fats. My body likes fats. I used to do the keto diet for shows, just protein and fats, and my body liked it. I'm not a big carb eater. I'm. It was never. I mean, I like cookies. I like ice cream, but I'm never like a big bowl of pasta. I mean, I could get by with 20 grams of carbs a meal. So you kind of like everybody's different. Everybody has different needs. So like when you're working with a coach, sometimes they'll throw a generic diet at you, which is really what you should do because you don't really know how the body's going to react. And then you see, okay, if you're losing weight, then you get just refine what you've done. So that's what I do it myself. If I'm losing weight, then I don't need to do anything. And I'll, I'll just keep going with the same thing. But eventually, you're going to stop. So you kind of like, say if you're losing a pound and a half one week, and then you're down to a pound a week later, then the next week it's three-quarters of a pound. Like, you're still losing weight, but yet you need to stay ahead of it. So that's when you start thinking about, okay, what am I going to do next? Am I going to take, take some protein from this meal, and I'm going to take some carbs from this meal? When you do a diet, you usually have an idea of what your initial changes are. You always, you always add in fat to the di- you know, fat as in like extras, not mm-hmm. fat as in fat. I mean, I eat, I eat. You always eat fat. So you always kind of know what your first step is going to be. Am I going to cut this protein? Am I going to cut this carb? So you always have an idea. When you first give a diet to somebody, they're always going to lose weight because mm-hmm. they're cleaning up their diet. And they're like, oh, I lost three pounds this week. I'm like, oh, okay, well, great. But you knew they were going to do that because <laughs> right. they clean it up. And you get rid of – when you eat normal, you're just, all, you're just bloat. You eat a lot of crap, you're going to be bloated. You eat a lot of carbs, you're going to be bloated. That's just what happens. So when you put a person on a structured diet, they're automatically going to lose weight. So if you put somebody on a diet and they don't lose weight, 99% of the time they're not doing it right. They're, yeah, like, well, they're you're lying. Not, <laughs> yeah, you're not doing it right. If you right. don't lose weight, it's impossible. You're only eating, say, 1,800 calories. How did you not lose weight? Oh, when I went out drinking Friday night. Oh. Yeah. oh. Like, you know you can't do that, right? right? I can't drink?
0: Yeah. Not even a little? You know what I love? I love the fact that you also said about kind of tapering, taking that longer amount of time. Because whether you're training for a show or maybe you're just trying to be healthier, or, you know, you walk in somewhere um, and you want to get advice from people that when you're training, if you want to say, hey, I've got two months, I want to drop 20 pounds. All right, well. I could give you cigarettes and ice cubes for 20 months and show you to the treadmill. Put them on or, the cocaine diet. Right, something. exactly. Like, <laughs> that always works well. Christine, i got to lose 10 pounds for the next week for a wedding. And I'm like, all right, what are you willing to do? do you are
1: there any water pills right, I can take like
0: Chop an arm <laughs> off. Right. I'm like, so, you know, and there's always good and bad advice, but I love even for you guys training for sure. You're like, you know what? We're going to take a longer amount of time this time. We're going to ease our way into it. We're going to build up. I also love the fact that you said, you know what, sometimes I'll do keto, but I just want to stop for our listeners for a second and say, Ken just, Ken just said that, but he was also training for a show when he was trying to get his body in ketosis. Um, we have an issue with a lot of people, that obviously, why we started the podcast is to get the word out, to, to kind of get information out to people that there are certain diets that you should use maybe for certain reasons, whether you're training for an event or a show or it's a medical condition not just like hey let's randomly pick this specific diet again a generic diet like you said is going to you know up your water decrease your carbs don't cut everything but if you are planning you know training for something and i like that you said spread it out because if you did a block of you know keto where you're getting in ketosis well now it's probably going to be easier for you to ease your way back right. into that Hopefully it's a healthy diet, but that more normal, I guess. I, I don't know. I, mean, or, I didn't think it'd be normal, but yeah, sustainable, as opposed to just this strict block and then back to crap. You know, and whereas I think that's really important to realize that this is a lifestyle. Right. Um. You know, if you are preparing for shows, or you are someone that is a runner, or you, you know, someone who cycles or swims or. It's not just a finite amount of time and then, oh, never mind, and yeah. then back, and then never mind. It's, you know, if you really enjoy it, if it's something that, that catches on, it's a lifestyle. And, you know, people say to me, all right, well, Christine, what are you training for? And I say to them, I don't know. They're like, well, you don't have a race yet picked out? And I said, no, because I'm always training. Right. Always, because I love it. It's my lifestyle. You know, you're going to be doing something. Maybe I ramp it up and, you know, when I train – For, I don't know, I'll throw my name in a 5K or if I'm doing a marathon, maybe I'll ramp it up a little bit before. Obviously, the Ironman, I had to do a little differently and ramp things up so you don't die. I mean, but (laughs) that's not, you know, at least you're doing something. Maybe it's not four or three hours a day, but it is definitely locked in. Like, you brush your teeth, you go to the bathroom, you take a shower, you work out. That's,
3: bam, into your daily routine. Does your Do you have a peak week when you did the Ironman?
0: There were um, there were a couple times where I did like a long bike ride. A couple times.
3: No, I'm talking about nutrition. Like, did you fat load? Did you carb load? Cause... No. Okay. Cr-
1: Cr- Christine is definitely <laughs> flying by the seat of her pants when it comes to that one. All right, she is. I mean, she shows up ready uh, always, and well, she looks like she, she's yeah, ready. Yeah, right no, now, she's so. always ready. Always, always, always. She's a freak. A freak athlete.
0: It's. What it is is that I'm always I I mostly see
3: your dance. I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh yeah. Stick a dollar down there. Not that. Uh Oh. Uh,
0: That's only on Saturday evenings. I'm just kidding. Let me know when. Um. I mean, I I hear there's good money in it. You know, if the late night, you know, like what are you wearing doesn't work out. I mean, there's always like You know, there's always backups. You know, there's always a game plan. Um. You know, I, again, I think it's it's living that healthy lifestyle. I, I was a collegiate athlete, so going from there to you know, you're going to be working out and doing fitness as the side for forever, and now is a you know my full time passion. That is something, you know. I think if you are always eating a certain way, you are always training. You are essentially going to be ready. Um, do I have any special things up my sleeves with extra carbs and things like that? I don't because I have done that a couple times before marathons and, and when I change up my diet, that's not how I normally, that's not how I normally eat before I run or do something. So I've always been like, wait, I, I don't normally eat bowls of pasta. Why am I going to eat a bowl of pasta before I, you know, go run this one time? Um, you know, when your body's not used to it. So that I think is is super important. I think important. that
1: that might be one area where, where we do differ when it comes to that. Like our our planning comes down to the end, right? We're loading at the end where you guys are leaning at the mm-hmm. end to get ready for, to go okay. on stage. So your peak might be weeks out. We want to you know we want to peak everything. You know, we keep it clean and but then fuel for the event.
2: Yeah, so you need to be all fired up. We'd like have dead. Yeah. yeah right. The, yeah. No, you guys got, right. got that
1: thin skin and. Uh, well, we look yeah. at the
3: Red Lane. We're like. red. I want to kill somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get road rage when it's two weeks out.
0: Oh my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of it I think is really anything that you're doing in, in fitness and and getting people healthier. I mean, we're all in this together. That's what we keep saying. We're in this together. We're here to, you know, kind of pump each other up. And, um, who was it? I think I heard, you know, Mike Keenan was saying something, you know, rising tides. We all want to rise with the tides and, You know, whether it is whether you're preparing for a show or an event or you're running or you're just getting into fitness, getting into something that makes you happy. We're in this. Find your passion. Find what you like. What would be great is, you know, our listeners out there that are, you know, the endurance athletes. Again, I fight with the runners all the time. About, all the time. All the time. Literally, they runners hate me because I'm like, you know, you really need to do some more like plyometrics and stretching and yoga and and do more strength hit, training, hit training, strength
1: training. God damn it, strength training! Can I get you two big guys to tell these endurance athletes to strength Please. train a little bit?
3: I uh, the last person that I had was an uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I trained an Ironman athlete, mm-hmm. a guy named Jeff, and strength training was the backbone of my training with him, and it improves everything overall within weeks.
1: Yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's such an untapped resource in our world. It absolutely is. And and I and that's what I choose to do mostly with my fitness stuff. I train athlete, I train endurance athletes, I train runners, I and, and I train the high school kids and, and it's amazing A what a little bit of strength will do for performance and B for consistency in training, which is everything, mm-hmm. right? The more we, w- we can run consistently without those breaks, without taking time off for injury, without you know the little nicks and scratches and here and there, and I need to take the day off, the more consistent we can be, the more we can run. The more we can run, the better we're going to get it running. It's, it's just
3: right. you're almost on, on, you're fortifying the iron, yeah. in your body. You're, oh, you're, absolutely, your mitochondria, armor. sure, for right. sure.
0: I don't know. I, I just think it's it's so important. So whatever it is that you're doing, please do something. And I would love to see more people, um, you know, getting to uh, getting to pure focus, getting to really back to basics, back to your everyone. Can we learn how to squat correctly? Some of the things I'm presenting now around the country are about functional fitness. You go anywhere around the world. The keywords are functional fitness and longevity. Those are the two keywords. Okay, guess what? Sometimes some people like to deadlift 400 pounds. Great. But you know what? You also should probably know how to deadlift just to pick mm-hmm. things up. Get, deadlift the bar. Do something mm-hmm. even lighter. I don't care. Do something. Keep moving. Learn how to squat because unless you have little teeny, I don't know, robots around your house picking things up, you need to squat correctly in order not to get hurt around the house. Transverse, you know, your sagittal plane, your. Frontal, whatever it is you're doing, you need to work the planes of your body.
2: You know, when people, a lot of times, no matter who it is, I'll have them squat. I'll have them do some kind of deadlift or presses. They's like, oh, my doctor says I shouldn't do these. They're bad for me. I said, well, let me see oh. you do it. And then they do it. I'm like, damn right. Yeah. If you do them <laughs> like that, it's bad for you. I said, well, who taught you how to do that? Oh, it's not right. I'm like, their knees are going, like if they're doing squats, right. their knees are going forward. Their back is going this way. I said, if you do them right. They're the best exercises in the world. You cannot hurt yourself when you do the exercises right. When you do them wrong, I said, I don't know. Well, I had a trainer show me how to do it. I'm like, well, you should have fired him a long time ago. Right. I said, you can't be afraid. You have to do the things right. And then I take them and, you know, you do them simple on the, you know, hold the dumbbells and you sit down and I go, I have to go all the way down there. I'm like, yeah, you have yeah, to go yeah, all the way down there. <laughs> that's how you do it. But people are just, they're like, doctors are so conservative. They tell you not to touch a weight. Right. Meanwhile, or, I suppose... Or run. Your, yeah, what does your doctor look like? Oh, he's fat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but If you do things right, you can't get hurt.
3: I'm actually uh, running a squat bench deadlift clinic uh, every end of the month. Uh, anybody's invited to go, but I just became a USAPL certified coach. So if anybody wants to come down there and learn the commands, learn how to perfect their form for the squat bench and deadlift... You you don't. That's functional training for us powerlifter. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a powerlifter by trade. I'm actually a bodybuilder. I coach. Uh, I coach the eighth strongest girl in the nation, Alexis Gebbia. Uh, she's hold also holds the state record for uh, the squat, wow. 365 pounds. Uh, her deadlift is 407.9, and her her bench we've worked on for the last six months. Uh, she probably will hit 185 on the bench. Um, and for the most part, we're, we we are a results-based gym and, you know, that's kind of intimidating because they're coming from a planet, sometimes a planet fitness background. And when they come in here and they learn how to do barbell squats, they learn how to do deadlifts, any type of, uh, variation that they can start. Even if it's I've had people just sit down and sit up from a chair Mm -hmm. because that's the level of conditioning that they're capable of doing. Now, you have a girl like Alexis, and I want to get her to 405 in a couple of months. It's a completely different story, but I'll include some type of dumbbell squat to help her, their assistance. Um, What I would do for a person that would just squat, bench, and deadlift for their first six months with five sets of five, I have Alexis doing uh, a method called Conjugate, which is a a variation of Westside bra. uh, excuse me, Westside, which is... A powerlifting club you have two heavy days you have two volume or speed work days these are all contributors what's his them. name
1: louis, louis louis simmons louis simmons but
3: also i, I follow uh, another big name called uh named dave tate um he he runs uh, elite fts got a lot of great articles i wrote an article for them um i've wrote, written several articles for ironmagazine.com um and most of the stuff that I do is science-based, but I also have 30-plus years of experience, uh, bro experience, I, mm-hmm. would, I guess would be the word for it. Um, I try to give a strength backbone to everything I do because everybody needs to be capable of lifting a suitcase right. or you know, help, you know, picking their kid up. You know, and it, it all depends on that functional training for what they're doing.
0: Chris, let me ask you this. What, um, for, for you guys, for the clients, for people around the country and the world even, what should, um, we've talked about this before, but what are your thoughts on, what should someone ask their trainer before they hire a personal trainer? Because I personally believe everyone should work with a trainer. Not just me, which you could work with me, but um, you should work with a personal trainer. I think you should work with someone that is a professional. You go to, you don't go to, A random person get your teeth cleaned or your hair done. Why are you not treating your body to someone that is a professional as well? I have my own thoughts about this. What should someone ask a personal trainer before they hire them?
3: The first thing I ask uh, my client, and I want to know what is their goal. Okay. And I want that person to usually ask me. Do I have to do everything you ask me to do or no matter if I can't do it or I can do it? Okay. I will say to them, it's a two-way street. If you don't like something, I'll find a substitute for it. Um, another thing they should ask is, can I get a free, a free session? That's one of the things that I do. Only because I want to see if their attitude or their personality will match me. I charge a premium. Are you not going to be serious? Are you going to be serious? Mm-hmm. What is your goal? Um, the last question that they usually have is, what is my rate? Okay. Um, some people shudder. Some people are like, let's do it. Um, I think that person should ask, are you insured? Mm-hmm. What is your certification? Um,
0: what do you recommend for certifications? That
3: I have ACSM. Okay. Um, I am not a fan of ACE. Uh, there's, there's a few that I like, um, off the top of my head. I can't remember.
0: But definitely they should be asking you as a trainer, are you certified? Do you have insurance? And,
3: and the last thing, and it's most important is do you have CPR training? Mm -hmm. You know, we have that in our gym. We have the paddles. Obviously every gym needs the paddles, but who knows how to use them? The trainers need to know how to use them, you know, and I don't want to, if, if I'm going to a coach to prep me. Well, I know Kent mm-hmm. and Kent's a great coach um, I do certain things differently um i'm seventy percent science uh thirty like i said thirty percent pro experience <laughs> but i have seen trends come and go um if they ask me about functional training i what, what do you what is what do you consider functional training right. do you want to pick your baby up? Do you want to be able to play with your seven-year-old kid and play catch, or do you want to show them how to uh, play football? If you have a three-hundred-pound obese person, they're not going to be able to do much. So let's start from square one. So, no, it's important.
0: I just think it's it's important to hear from, you know, from everyone, from people that are trainers or people that are getting ready for shows, for you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Our our listeners, you guys need to go out there and you need to ask questions because. Again, if you show up to a, you know, a franchise or a, a box gym, you need to ask these questions to your trainers. Like we were saying with, you know, with Pure Focus, you are going to feel their energy. You're going to feel their enthusiasm for their business, for for the change they want to make in the world and they love what they do. If you, you know, meet a trainer and you get a bad vibe and, you know, what are your certifications? Are you insured? Is it just the the gym's insurance? Are you you're going to know that right away. And that you should go running from that because get a trainer everyone that I've, I'm like say that as a as one of my messages today hire a personal trainer get a couple sessions at least with them not just one i hate that get one i'm like i'm not giving you all my secrets in one session it's not happening
2: so well plus it's going to it's going to make them their gym experience better because they're going to know what they're doing. Even if they do two or three sessions, they know what they're yeah. doing. They have a plan. And then they could always get a follow-up plan a month or two later. But at least they know what they're doing. And they're not just going to go walk in a treadmill and then after two weeks get no results and quit. But yet pay for 12 months.
0: Right. And even if you are a personal trainer, say you're not out of a gym, I actually tell clients, okay, you can work with me you know, once or twice, but that's it. What gym are you going to? What other means of working out or fitness are you working into your life? Because those maybe one or two hours you're with a trainer per week, you know, unless you're a celebrity and you have an in-home trainer, which I'm totally up for. If any celebrities are listening to this right now, you know, we'll live with your house, right? Um, We'll live in your guest house in in L.A. Um, But honestly, that's not... That's not what. That's not the you know the average yeah,
1: client. Two yet. hours a week doesn't it? it doesn't, doesn't cut it's Still a lifestyle. What
0: else you do? What, you know? And I think that's really important for people to realize too. Like, get the if you can find a really quality trainer who's going to work with you, match your you know your goals. I think that's that's huge.
3: I uh, I come from a family of fitness. Uh, my father and my brothers own two. Excuse me, three retros in uh, New Jersey. I am not a fan of the franchise model. Um, But what's worse is that a lot of the trainers, really, there's a huge difference between pure focus trainers Mm -hmm. and some franchise trainers. You get a half hour with them Mm -hmm. if you're lucky. We we go over an hour. Uh, Alexis, going back to Alexis, there are times when she'll have a 90-minute session to a two-hour session leading up to her meets, Um, but for the majority... The the athletes that we have benefit better because we we live the lifestyle. You know, a kid that is training uh, a newbie in a retro fitness, they're not going to get the same quality experience, and that's why we charge a premium. Mm-hmm. Don't shy away from our prices because you get what you pay for.
0: Oh, I truly believe that you pay for what you get. I say it all the time: pay for what you get. If you're certified and you've got the certifications and the experience of the Wazoo. You're gonna get a great experience if you're, you know. I was just saying, like, were you some young kid who got their fitness trainer certifications online and have no experience, and now you're working with people who have like, you know, osteoarthritis and like knee issues, and you're like, okay, it's who it's do- interesting.
1: Who doesn't look up from his phone the whole session?
3: <laughs>
1: <sighs> I mean, it is, and and or or you know, makes it all about them. Right? This is what I do. This is how I train. You know, it's 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 just, a two way street. Yeah, it definitely is.
0: It's amazing. Well I think this was awesome. And um I super appreciate that you guys came into our in studio session today and I really hope that um that we can get the word out. Number one is that, you know, Pure Focus, if you are in the, you know, New Jersey shore area, please definitely check it out. We're gonna put all links up and everything to social media and um, Kent's shows are just amazing. So um, there's one coming up tomorrow. Actually, this will drop after that show takes place. But um, we'll definitely put the links up for that. It's um, AMBF,
2: correct? Yeah, AMBFnatural.com.
0: Natural.com. And American
2: now, Natural Bodybuilding Federation.
0: And now where can uh, – tell us about Pure Focus. Where can we find you, A, social media, tags, website? Okay, well,
2: our Facebook page is Pure Focus Sports Club. Um, also, Instagram, the same thing. But the, our website is PureFocusSportsClub.com. Instagram, I said Instagram. <laughs> we'll find it. Just Google them.
0: Ken, how many cities are is the uh, are the shows now?
2: Well, we have uh, twenty four shows in the schedule, but we go to a couple places twice, so we're probably in. Yeah, but
3: you you travel all over the, all over yeah. the
2: country. I do. You do. We actually have shows coming up. We have what well, we have tomorrow, then we have next weekend in Greenwood, South Carolina, if it's not oh, flooded. We'll wow. We'll be there. And then we have a show in Myrtle Beach. It we seem like we're hitting all the hurricanes. Myrtle Beach is October sixth. Detroit, October thirteenth, Tampa, October twentieth. Oh, then we go to Moorhead City. You've seen a lot of Moorhead City on T V lately. Mm-hmm. There's they're about thirteen feet of water, but that's oh. November tenth. That's actually where my dad lives and where I go on vacation. So it's pretty oh, uh, pretty bad right now. And then we f- oh no, then we're down in May's Landing, November seventeenth. Then we end the season in Key West. You want to go?
1: Yeah,
0: Key West. But you know what's funny? December eighth. Um, a show has always been on my bucket list. Well, I it's actually on my bucket it. list. We know. Everything. We talked yeah, about. Yeah, we got we got some coaches for you. Here. I told Chris that the other day. I was like, it's always been on my bucket list. It's just never. Either I never met the right people, or had the time, or you know, it's... December
2: sixth. Well, it's an excuse to go to Key, Key West. West. Mm.
0: Yeah. December and it's time.
2: Christmas boat weekend, Christmas weekend. So they decorate all the boats.
0: You don't yeah. have to give me an incentive. You just say Key West, I'm like just we're good. Keep I know. going I'm just He's like, going you know, there's out. this and this and this going on. I'm like, Key okay. Pie. You said Key West, okay. So,
2: you know, <laughs> Key <laughs> Lime Pie. It's... Actually, last year we were hurricaned out there. Really? Yeah, we don't do well with hurricanes. That's right up your alley.
1: Every every event that Christine's planned in 2018, it's poured rain and been nasty, including what? Boston Marathon, mm-hmm. Iron Man. Even Iron Man, yeah. It
2: makes you more hardcore. That's it. Book oh it. yeah, You were in the Iron Man when the hurricane was coming there? Is that when the...
0: No, I was up in uh, July. It was just a hurricane up in the mountains, up in the (laughs) the Mount Crumpet, (laughs) and the black storm clouds and the the striking wind pellets in your face. You know, it's fine. It's all good. It's all for a good story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good story. We'll see. But... Thank you so much for coming in. Well, thanks I, I got to
1: say, this was a blast. I, Thank you. I'm enlightened uh, more listening to you guys. It's it's fascinating stuff for sure.
2: Well, we'll be waiting for you to deadlift.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I'm getting after. When's your
2: see.
3: first body uh, powerlifting and bodybuilding show?
1: Uh, let's see. I got I got Philadelphia Marathon. Is, Where's is the uh, children's category <laughs> that we're entering? <laughs> <right> November fifteenth, <now? laughs> uh, and then Boston Marathon April eighteenth. I uh, will let you know. So we'll do it. April 19th. We'll let you know. We could we could have a runners category. Yeah, right. When's your marathon? Me? Yeah. See. Uh, <laughs> hey, I tell you, I'll tell you a story though. Right,
2: a couple of years ago in Key West, I never run. I I my my story is I ran enough playing football that I never need mm-hmm. to run ever again. So I had my an old girlfriend of mine um, wanted to do the. Actually, not my old girlfriend, my, my ex-wife actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep track <laughs> exactly who we're talking right. about. My, uh, my ex-wife wanted to do a 10K in Key West the day after our show. And she's like, well, why don't you do it, with me?" I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Because I always think I'm in shape. Right. Oh, yeah. I can do anything. Right. Because right. that's just the way that I've trained myself to be in shape. That's my thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Kind of like you. Yeah. So she says, aren't you going to train for it? I'm like, no, I'm, no. I'm I work out every day. I, I don't work out like one rep, two rep. I work out to be in shape. And I, I always, and I my excuse was, I ran so much playing football, I'm never running again. Mm-hmm. I do cardio. I, I mean, I walk fast, do the bike. So I didn't, she, she did the whole program. She followed everything. And she's like, oh, God, I think I'm ready for this. So the joke was, we pull up to Atlantic City. I parked the truck because we were going down for a show. So I had my big bag. So, I run from... I drop her off with all the luggage. I parked like it was busy. I parked all the way at the other end of Atlantic City Airport. So I jogged from the truck to where she was. I said, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we we did it. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, well, I, I'm pretty sure I could do this. I was nervous that my ankles were going to hurt, my hips, my you know whatever, yeah. just my joints. But I did it. I... I could have kept going. I had to stop and wait for her. So I – and it was – I mean it was beautiful. It was raining in the beginning. Then I'm like, well – so we're after we're done, she was all mad the whole time that I didn't – like I was – Right.
0: You didn't train and now you're – all la, la. So now it's...
2: we get – we're sitting at breakfast and I'm like, I said, you know, I i really need to go to the gym today. She's like, fuck, yeah, <laughs> you got to the gym today. I said, well, I don't feel like I did anything. I said, I feel like I did nothing. So I went to the gym. She's passed out at the pool. I come back. She's asleep at the pool. She's like, "You really suck." Yeah. Next year we're not doing this. <laughs> it's, poor Brian and I, we're
0: like, we understand, you know, when people run a five k, and we're like, all right, well now we have to go get our workout in. Yeah. It's, go for a run. Yeah, they're like, you get the darts like shot. Like, what do you mean? We just, I'm like, yeah, but I still have like a ten mile run. I have to get in today. So.
3: Oh. Our, our idea. Of, she was mad. It's just it. Our idea of cardio. He's uh, just lifting weights faster. There you go. Yeah. While we eat jelly donuts and between sets. <laughs> yeah, so. Heavy breathing. I've, I've seen this in my gym. I've seen people oh. eating gummy bears, pizza. Unbelievable. His son is he's, he's a very strong power lifter. Uh, he'll eat uh, Rice Krispies treats. Um, the other day he stole some of my honeycombs. Um, I, love honeycombs. I, uh, you love honeycombs? I, you should know you steal my cereal all the time. Ooh, I didn't see that I'm gonna start
0: hiding that on you. He's like it. my new best friends now. Love cereal. <laughs> it's honeycombs. Um, I would say the things that I've eaten working out. I don't even want to talk about it. You know.
3: Well, what would you eat
0: on Iron Man? The last yeah. 13 miles, I subsisted on soda and base salt. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
3: My, was, my competitors, well, my athletes, oh, when they're powerlifting, I they don't do drink eat sugar, soda. sugar, flat, carefully. it carefully. Yeah, They've, I
0: don't know. You just—I've never drink soda, never eat like straight salt. But Is that what they told I mean, you to do? well, it was on the side, and that's what my body wanted. It wanted straight.
2: I guess right in your. How many system. straight how, uh, sugar?
1: Okay, how many hours into the day are you at that point? You're twelve. Twelve hours into the day. I mean, that's a long yeah. day. She's on the bike for over eight. Just,
3: Okay, we're not talking about the, embarrassing the PTSD. I thought an
2: hour and a half running was <laughs> was
3: long. The running was is fantastic. Long. Way too long. I will eat. I, excuse me. I will eat salt, Himalayan sea salt, right before a heavy lift. So I, I, there's just something about it. that wakes me up.
2: Mm-hmm. Now we have people. Well, when with, do you, when, you when is, is that whole, heavy lift going to happen?
3: Probably. That, okay.
1: <laughs> I got a whole lamp of it over there. Yeah, there so. I am going to eat some of that. I'm
3: licking it. But I, I, we, is that we a salt
2: have, lick. Yes. Everybody take a look. Some
3: tequila. We have people that will smell or inhale ammonia oh. before they, they lift. Uh, like, does that
0: kill brain cells? We've
1: yeah, well, we probably that, killed a few
3: brain cells. Oh. <laughs> look at me. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even use no ammonia.
0: We're all a little off, and that's what makes this fantastic. That's it. That's it. Keep moving, everyone. Keep moving. Keep doing it. And, stay uh, strong. Stay
1: strong. Work I'm gonna, that hard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna borrow these guys and go get that twenty bucks that dude owes me.
3: <laughs> Shake <we're she. laughs>
1: I got a guy. You I got, got, a got a guy, two guy. guys. I got a
3: guy. I got a pr- <laughs> front of you guys.
0: I love it. All right. Well, with that said, it has been awesome. And my name is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.